when I was about, I don't know, 11 years old, well, let me get this out of the way first. My favorite thing to do in the world other than preach is fish, right? It's been that way since I was little bitty, uh, since I was a little bitty kid, and uh, I saved up all the money that I had, and when I was like 11 years old, I went and I bought this fishing pole. It was called a hog seeker. I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was probably that big around, giant Zebco, uh, and I'm telling you, I love the thing. Like, when I got it by, it would make alarms, and it had lights. Uh, it glue in the dark, so I could go fishing at night, right? It was awesome, uh, and I loved it a lot. And the first time we ever went fishing with it, we, we, have, a, we have a lease down on the Devil's River. Uh, first time we ever went fishing with it, I take it, and we, we go down to this hole. Uh, you know, I, I get it rigged up, have my weight and all that stuff on there, put a, put a perch on there, throw it out there, sit in my chair. It's me and my, my grandpa and my dad, and they're sitting about 25 yards away together. That's just how we had to sit because of the hole we were at. So they're sitting over there, and I'm, I'm just fishing away. I have a little bit of light that can barely see the end of my fishing pole just to make sure it doesn't get pulled into the water, right? Uh, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, whack on top of the water. And I would blame it on the beaver, but he wasn't close enough. But there was water running down my legs, right? Uh, never been so scared in my life. I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can barely see him, right? It, it's pitch black outside. I can barely even see my grandpa and my dad. And this beaver just starts whacking the water like crazy because uh, he's furious that we're there. And I was terrified. <laughs> I mean, like... Forget about the fishing pole. Don't care about it anymore. Flip the chair as I was running back to my grandpa and my dad, right? So scary. So I run over there, and I hide with them, and they start making fun of me. And then uh, here in a little bit, some pigs come up behind us, uh, and it's just going crazy back there. I mean, rooting up in the pecan tree roots and stuff like that. And uh, they get scared. So then there was no more making fun of me. It was time to leave. So I made one of them go reel in my fishing pole, and <laughs> uh, we decided that it was time to go. The reason that I tell you this story is because if I was there in the daytime, and I have been many times before, probably from the time I was four years old, you know, I could have stood there, and I would have been fine. Like, I would have been fine to, to fish, to, to sit right there in the face of danger, because we're in the face of a beaver, because a beaver is not actually going to hurt me in the daylight. But whenever it comes from something that's, that's unseen, when it's just a noise out in the darkness, I'm terrified. Darkness is scary. I was telling my youth group, the youth group this morning, that I was scared of the dark. All right, laugh all you want, all right, whatever. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I would lay in my bed and I was scared that something, I told them, Sasquatch or an alien would walk up to my window and stick its face right there. So I'd have to roll over to the other side and say, Jesus loves me, all night long, until I fell asleep. <laughs> the dark is scary. Maybe you are scared of the dark in some way, too. Maybe you're more mature than this 23-year-old, but... <laughs> uh, and when we're talking about darkness, and, and we have this feeling about 
physical darkness where we can't, we can't see what's around us. We can't see what's coming for us. We can't see the things that are right next to us that may be uh, fixing to bring harm to us. If, if it's so scary in the physical sense, how much more should spiritual darkness be scary? Should, should the fact that, that you might live in spiritual darkness make you shudder in your shoes, shake in your socks? Because you have no idea what awaits around the next turn. You have no idea what, what you're going to come face to face with when you round the bend. Right? You, you're navigating life like you're walking through your house. You know where everything's at and you think you have it figured out. And then all of a sudden, wham, your toes goes into a piece of furniture. And you have to repent for all the words that you say. How much, more, how much more terrified should we be of spiritual darkness? It's, it's scary. But it's different. Most of the time, we, we are in the darkness, and we, when we're in the darkness, it feels like we, we can't hide from anything, that, that everything wants to get us. But, but when we're in spiritual darkness, it's not the same. It's not the same as physical darkness. Spiritual darkness is, is a hiding place. It's not a hiding place from, from physical things, but spiritual darkness is a hiding place from God. Where there is no life, where there is no hope, where there is no joy. And see, it's, it's not a new hiding place. It's not, it's not something that... Uh, that mankind created within the last 35 years to, to try to hide from God. But ever since Adam and Eve in the garden sinned, you know, they, they, they eat of the fruit of the tree, and, and Adam, and, Adam and Eve eat of the fruit of the tree, and, and they realize that they were naked, and they, they put clothes on themselves, and they hide themselves in, I'm guessing, some trees. <laughs> and they hide themselves. God comes to him and he says, where are you at? Where are you? I said, we're right here. We were scared because we knew we were naked. But, but real darkness comes, not when they were hiding, but when God kicks them out. When God kicks them out of the garden and they no longer, they no longer can hear the footsteps of God coming. They no longer have this relationship with God. They're separated. Right? They, they have no direction in life. They have no God that they can worship because He's separated from them. They live in darkness. They raise their children in darkness. And I think when they're kicked out of the garden, humanity is built in a dark world. Humanity is, is established with, with sin all around it. With sin uh, taking hold of it ever fr from then on. I mean, if you, if, if you look at the world today, right? Like, like it's obvious, there's darkness. There, there's, there's, there's evil that has a hold of people. That, that's, that's grabbed them and said, this is how you ought to live, do it like this. Be evil, be darkness. 
And humanity begins to live in places of death and walk in, and live in valley in valleys or the valley of the shadow of death. See John chapter 3 and verse 19 says, The light has come into the world, but the people rejected the light because they loved the darkness more than the light. Right? They, they choose to take root in the darkness. Whenever uh, they're like, like this is their home, like we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, like darkness is overpowering us, and, and we look around and it seems like there's no way out. Like there seems, seems like there's no way for us to traverse these mountains that surround us, and we say, you know what, it's better that I just build my life here. Like, why don't, why don't I just build my life in the darkness? Why don't I raise my family in the darkness? Why don't I raise up my kids and, and build my life around this thing that I know because it's comfortable and I'm here and I, I can't get out? It's been like that for a long time. When we live like this, convicted that there is nowhere else that we ought to be. There's no, uh, there is no light that's better that's coming for us. When we live like that, God is far off. He's a long ways away. And see, in, in Ezekiel, uh, God's, the glory of God leaves the temple. He leaves the temple because for thousands of years these people have, been, have, have, have lived in darkness. They've chose darkness rather than God. And so he leaves them. See, but God's eternal purpose and plan is to bring us out of that darkness. He, he, he's going to make a way for us to be able to climb out of the hill, for us to be able to, to traverse these mountains, to, to figure out a way into the light. If you will, well, you don't have to turn there if you don't want, but he's been working to bring his people out of death and darkness ever since they entered it, ever since the garden. And if you will, turn to Ephesians chapter 1, real quick, we're not going to be there long, verses 3 and 5, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. Right, so God, God says that I'm going to make you holy and blameless. I'm going to bring you out of darkness. It's my will, it's, 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 it's to the glory of my grace that you will be saved, that you will be brought in to light. Told you we wouldn't be there for long. This is his will. He wants to bring us out of darkness and into life. And if you will turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 4 says, that's just 1 through 5, why not? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. 
all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So these are the first words of John's gospel. John introduces Jesus. He introduces the word as this light that brings people life. And he doesn't really touch on it again for a while. But we come to John chapter 8. You come to John chapter 8 and verse 12. And Jesus speaks to these people who are following him. And he looks at them and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now I'm going to stop right there and and we're going to talk about this statement. Just, just think for a second about how, how powerful of a statement that is. How powerful of a moment that is to say, to, to look at a people who, who live in darkness and say, look, I'm your way out. Like, I'm going to bring you out of death and darkness and I'm going to bring you into life. Right? It, it's a powerful statement. And, and a very deep one that's only one sentence, Right? And, and it seems like they leave that, that, that afterwards. They leave this sentence. And, and we're going to spend more time in this passage talking about their response. Uh, but this morning we're just looking at a lot. In a world defined by darkness and sin, Jesus is the light of holiness and purity. He is the exit ramp to a relationship with God that's not available any other way. In saying, I am the light of the world, Jesus says, there is no other light. Right? He, 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 he says to these people, there's no other way for you to, to get life. There's no other entrance into the kingdom. There's no other uh, way out of darkness. There's no other way to climb out of the valley. I am the way. There's, there's no other way. Abraham was not the light. The law is not the light. Your, your understanding and your knowledge of God on your own is not the light. Your ability to be faithful or to be righteous on your own is not the light. Jesus Christ is the light, and He brings you into life. Nothing else will. Nothing else can. Nothing. It, it's one of two options. Jesus and, and light or darkness. There's nothing else. There's no other road that you can choose, no other door that you can enter. You have to choose one. You and I in the world need Jesus because of this, as our lot. Because there is no other source. We have no other way out. It's only Him. And see, the world, He, he is the light. And he's the light of the world. The world was made for Jesus. The world was made for this light. It was, it was formed out of darkness and, and we were brought forth 
For Jesus, and, and really, I don't know if you remember Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, In Him we were chosen uh, before the foundations of the world. Jesus Christ, was, Jesus Christ was to be the light before the world was formed. He was the one who was, was going to be the one who makes things holy, who exposes sin and darkness ever since before sin ever existed. Since before sin entered the world, I should say. In fact, this lie is the owner of the world. It brings forth everything that is true. It brings forth the ugly and that which is foreign to the earth. And it brings forth the good and the beautiful. It makes those things plain. It makes them evident to everyone. Next statement is, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. I really want you to hear me on this, and this is really my main point for the entire sermon. Jesus is a light that casts no shadow. Jesus is a light that casts no shadow. I bring that up because when we think about following when, when, when we are in the light, sin cannot find refuge in you. Sin has no holding place on you. Darkness and sin have no hold on those who are in the light. They, they have no power. And, and it's not enough to just acknowledge light. It's not enough to just say, okay, Jesus, you're light, but, but to truly follow him and leave darkness behind. To leave sin and destruction and, and death behind and to step into life. But what does this mean? What does it mean to, to follow and not walk in darkness anymore? If you go down to verse 30, I think, uh, go down to verse 31, Jesus says to those who believed in him, If you believe in me, then abide in my words. And if you abide in my words, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. It's not just stepping into the light that brings. That, that brings you freedom. It's following. It's following. And they say, we've never been a slave to anyone, verse 30, or, and following. We've never been a slave to anyone. Jesus says, anyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. They don't want to have any part of this. They're, they're thinking, no, we're good. Uh, I'm not a sinful person. We're, we're, the, we're God's people. They, they don't want any part of it. See, but if you choose to follow the light, then you abide in Christ. Then, you hit, then, then fruit comes out of this relationship. Then you take root in who He is. John chapter 15, and, and, and we're not, I really can't touch on this that much because it's one of my favorite passages in John, and I don't want to ruin it before we get there. But, but when we abide in Christ, we bear fruit. When we abide in Christ, He is our life. He is the one who, who gives us nourishment, who, who gives us growth, who gives us understanding. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 with me. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, not 18, I apologize. Verse 8. For at one time, you were darkness. Notice that. You did not walk in darkness 
You were not a part of the darkness. You were the darkness. But now, you are lights in the Lord. Not on your own, but in the Lord. Then, then act like it. Walk as children of the light. See, when you walk as children of the light, the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And, and the fruit... The fruit of abiding in Christ is that which is right and good and true. And, 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 and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That, that only comes from walking in the light when, when the light exposes everything that is good. Verse 12 says, for really just skip to verse 13. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. No, I, 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 notice what he says there. If anything touches the light, like, like if you follow and you choose to abide in the light, then God makes you light. No, you're not perfectly uh, the same as Jesus Christ, but, but he makes you holy and blameless. He accomplishes his will through Jesus Christ to make you like Jesus, to transform you, to make you look like him. We'll come back to that in a second. That's really my ending point. But in this little one-sentence statement, Jesus tells them, I am the way out of darkness. I am the way. I am your exit. Follow me. Follow me and you will have life. He offers them up two roads. The, the light of life or darkness and death. It's your choice. And they look him in the eyes and they say, you're a liar. It's not actually what they say, but they say it. They say, you're, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Now what? They, they call him a liar. They say, because he's bearing witness about himself, this can't be true. They get that from, from the law. Uh, John chapter 5 and verse 31, Jesus says, if I bear witness about myself, then my testimony is not true. So he said this in the past, but now he's saying he, he's bearing witness about himself, but two people are bearing witness about him because the Father's bearing witness about him also. Now I want you to, to think about this for a second. <clears throat> this is like yesterday. Everyone in here, Heard me tell Grant Burrow up here in secret that I never used the word flashlight. Y'all all heard me tell him that. And the next day, we all find ourselves in a really dark, damp, terrified, in darkness, in, in a cave with no way out. And, and we're all terrified. And, and here I am. I show up to you and I say, here, I have a flashlight. It will give you the way out of darkness. And you say, ha, you said you never, you said, you never said the word flashlight you're a liar now I think most of us look at that and think that's pretty dumb (laughs) that's that's not very smart and I want to encourage you if if that's you if you think that you're going to provide your own light to stop it to just come step in to him but really What's foolish is not that. What's foolish 
is to, to say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. To step into the light. To say, I'll be a part of the light. And then, pretend that the light doesn't pierce into our thoughts and secrets. Pretend that the light has no actual power over me. Pretend that I will be okay if... Or, Pretend that, that there's shadows that, that I can go and hide behind. That there's little bitty parts of my life that, that, that the light does not expose. Little bitty parts that, that I try to hide behind me. As if God does not know my thoughts. As if I can keep them secret and, and God will make the rest of me pure and He'll make the rest of me holy and blameless, but I'm going to hold on to this. One, because I like it, and two, because God's not big enough to deal with it. But He is both of those things. God knows. He knows that, that darkness that you're trying to hide. He sees it. And believe it or not, he forgives you. Just bring it before Him. Bring it before Him with tears and repentance. He knows. He knows and He forgives through grace and mercy. Through love that knows no boundaries. that's you right if you if you said jesus i'll follow you jesus sign me up I, I want to walk in the light i want to be a part of this life that you're promising if that's you and you still have darkness that you're trying to deal with on your own you still have darkness that you think can't be exposed by the light you think you have some sin over here that 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 the light is not bright enough to deal with then i would encourage you first off to seek help uh, to seek guidance to seek help through through elders here uh, through myself to talk about that thing, to not keep it bottled up and quit trying to deal with it on your own because you're not good enough. I really wanted to make that spill. <laughs> Glad you let me. And finally, if you're navigating life in darkness, if you're walking into walls, driving your car off cliffs because you can't see the way you ought to be going, there is only one hope for you. There is only one joy, promise, and, and, and <laughs> one good thing for you. It's Jesus, the light of the world. And I pray that we don't love darkness more than we love light. Pray that we would choose to follow Him today, to step out into the light, to let Him purify us. So, what are you waiting for? Won't you come follow the light and no longer walk in darkness as we stand and as we sing?